إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد Today then we arrive at the statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah Ta'ala وَأَصْلُ الْقَدْرِ سِرُّ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فِي خَلْقِهِ لَمْ يَطَّلِعْ عَلَى ذَلِكَ مَلَكٌ مُقَرَّبٌ وَلَا نَبِيٌ مُرْسَلٌ وَالتَّعَمُّقُ وَالنَّظْرِ فِي ذَلِكَ ذَرِيعَةُ الْخِذْلَانِ وسلم الحرمان ودرجة الطغيان فالحذر كل الحذر من ذلك نظرا وفكرا ووسوسة فإن الله تعالى طوى علم القدر عن أنامه ونهاهم عن مرامه كما قال تعالى في كتابه لا يسأل عما يفعل وهم يسألون فمن سأل لما فعل فقد رد حكم الكتاب this was the section in fact that we began last time and we discussed last time regarding the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the secret of Allah in His creation. Nobody has seen what is going to occur in the decree. Neither an angel brought close nor a prophet that was sent so that is something that is concealed in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned this last time that the ayah mentions in the Qur'an, لَا يُسْأَلُ عَمَّا يَفْعَلْ وَهُمْ يُسْأَلُونَ That he is not asked <coughs> about what he does, but they, the creation, are asked about what they do. So you do not ask why does this happen and why did that happen. You don't ask the why when it comes to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned that the decree of Allah, there are four main aspects to this decree. Four main aspects to this decree. The first is, that everything is encompassed by the knowledge of Allah. The second is that it is all written in the preserved tablet. The third is that everything occurs by the will of Allah. Whatever Allah wills occurs, what He does not will does not occur. And fourthly, that all of this creation, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Al-Imam Al-Tahawi said, if you start delving into this beyond what Allah has informed us of, if you try to get in to the issues of the decree, beyond what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of, beyond the knowledge that we have, then that will be a means to your misguidance. It will be a means to deviation. Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi said, 
التعمق هو المبالغة في طلب الشيء والمعنى أن المبالغة في طلب القدر والغوص في الكلام فيه ضريعة ضريعة الخذلان الضريعة يعني الوسيلة والضريعة ودرجة والسلم متقارب المعنى وكذلك الخذلان والحرمان والطغيان متقارب المعنى أيضا So this is a warning from Imam Al-Tahawi that do not get involved into levels of the decree or to extents, to extremes in regards to the issue of the decree until you confuse yourself and you end up making that a means of misguidance. We have the basic knowledge of the decree. We've spoken about the different aspects of the decree. We've spoken about the four levels of the decree. And that is the general understanding of the affairs of the decree. Then of course there are topics regarding guidance and misguidance. And those are further topics. But beyond that, to delve into a level that is beyond the knowledge we have, then it's only going to lead to whispers and it's going to lead to misguidance. And there is an example from the hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu. He said, جَاءَ نَاسٌ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ That some of the companions, they came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَسَأَلُوهُ And so they asked him, إِنَّا نَجِدُ فِي أَنفُسِنَا مَا يَتَعَاظَمْ أَحَدُنَا أَنْ يَتَكَلَّمَ بِهِ قَالْ وَقَلْ وَجَدْتُمُوهُ قَالُوا نَعَمْ قَالْ ذَلِكَ صَرِيحُ الْإِيمَانِ They said that we find certain affairs within ourselves that are too great for us to speak of. He said to them, did you find them? What are these? They said, yes. And he told them that is the clear iman. You have iman, you have understanding of these affairs. You recognize the decree of Allah, that Allah knows every single thing, past, present and future. Even things that never occur, if they were to occur hypothetically, Allah knows exactly how they would occur. These are tremendous things, magnificent things, that Allah's knowledge encompasses all of that in fine detail. So they came and they said, there are things that are tremendous that we recognize. And the Prophet ﷺ told them, this is the iman. That is the iman you have. That recognition of these affairs. And then after that, he also said, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi also said, you don't ask why when it comes to the decree. Don't start asking why did this happen and why didn't that happen and why this and why that. That is not a question that you ask. اعلم أن مبنى العبودية والإيمان بالله وكتبه ورسله على التسليم وعدم الأسئلة عن تفاصيل الحكمة. When it comes to the Quran and the Sunnah, we submit to the rulings of the Quran and the Sunnah. We submit to the revelation as it is. 
And we do not delve into affairs that are beyond what we've been given. We do not begin to question the wisdom behind things. Allah has given us rulings, has given us commandments, has given us prohibitions. We follow those commandments and stay away from those prohibitions. And we don't start thinking into, but why this and why that? And what is the wisdom behind this commandment? And what is the wisdom behind that prohibition and that thing? You start delving into that too much, you're going to end up uh, misguiding yourself. You're going to end up upon whispers. Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say, فَهَذَا جُمْلَةُ مَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ مَنْ هُوَ مُنَوَّرٌ قَلْبُهُ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَهِيَ دَرَجَةُ الرَّاسِخِينَ فِي الْعِلْمِ لِأَنَّ الْعِلْمِ عِلْمَانِ عِلْمٌ فِي الْخَلْقِ الْمَوْجُودِ وَعِلْمٌ فِي الْخَلْقِ مَفْقُودٌ فَإِنْكَارُ الْعِلْمِ الْمَوْجُودِ كُفْرٌ وَادِّعَاءُ الْعِلْمِ الْمَفْقُودِ كُفْرٌ وَلَا يَثْبُتُ الْإِيمَانُ إِلَّا بِقَبُولِ الْعِلْمِ الْمَوْجُودِ وَتَرْكَ طَلَبَ الْعِلْمِ الْمَفْقُودِ Very simple point here Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes. He says, this now, what we've generally been speaking about the last session and prior, he says these topics and this information, that is generally what a Muslim requires. That is generally what the enlightened heart from the awliya of Allah is in need of. That is the level of the grounded ones in knowledge. Because knowledge is two types. He says knowledge is two types. There is a type of knowledge within creation that is present. Then there is a type of knowledge amongst us that is missing. The one who rejects the knowledge that is present, then that is kufr. And the one who claims to have the knowledge that is missing, that is kufr. The knowledge that is missing, meaning the knowledge of the unseen. That type of knowledge Allah hasn't given us. The knowledge of the unseen. So that is not a type of knowledge we can try to gain. That is not a type of knowledge we can acquire. The knowledge of the unseen. Anybody who claims that, it's kufr. But the other type, the knowledge that we do have and is present and we do know of tawheed and the commandments and the prohibitions, the revelation, the Qur'an, the sunnah, that knowledge is present. Anybody who rejects that knowledge, then that's kufr. So rejecting the knowledge we have is kufr. Claiming the knowledge we don't have anyway, the unseen, that would be kufr. So what's the conclusion? You accept the knowledge we have, believe in that, and don't try to get into the knowledge that we don't have, the unseen. That is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, in several places, that He is the one who has the knowledge of the unseen, not us, not the creation. So Allah says, عَالِمُ الْغَيْبِ فَلَا يُظْهِرُ عَلَى غَيْبِهِ أَحَدًا إِلَّا That He is the all-knowledgeable of the unseen. عَالِمُ الْغَيْبِ He is the all-knowledgeable of the unseen. And He does not make that apparent to anyone. 
except for whom he is pleased, pleased with the messengers. So the messengers, they were given certain details of sections of the unseen. Like the Prophet ﷺ was given details about No, the night journey he went. But details he was given about unseen. Generally, that we, for us, it's unseen as well. The day of judgment as a big example. Barzakh, and what happens after death, after life. All of these are things of the unseen. The other creations, the angels, the jinn, they are generally all from the unseen to us. These are all details that were given to the Prophet ﷺ. In particular, the barzakh, the afterlife, death, the day of judgment, all of those are details of the unseen, and they were given to the Prophet ﷺ. That doesn't mean that the Prophet ﷺ had knowledge of the unseen generally. That is a mistake. People think that the Prophet ﷺ had general knowledge of the unseen. That is incorrect. He was not... Uh, aware of the unseen on a general level, only specifics that Allah taught him. Generally, no. The Prophet ﷺ said in the Quran, it mentions, "Law kuntu a'lamu al-ghayb, lastakthartu min al-khair, wa ma masani If I knew the unseen, this is in the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ saying that if I knew the unseen, Allah mentioning about the Prophet saying. If I knew the unseen, I would have done much good and no harm would have come to me. So the Prophet ﷺ there, the ayat of the Qur'an are affirming, he didn't have knowledge of the unseen. He's saying, if I had knowledge of the unseen, then I could have done much good and no harm would have come to me. And there is the example of the battle of Uhud, when the Prophet ﷺ was struck in the face and his helmet was bent and his tooth, teeth, they fell out, they were broken, and he fell into a pit. He was struck on the face with some type of ammunition. So that indicates again, he didn't have knowledge of the unseen. If he had knowledge of the unseen, he wouldn't have been stood there to be struck by that item. And for his helmet to be damaged, and his teeth to be broken, and to fall into a pit, wouldn't have happened if he had knowledge of the unseen. So in the Quran, it highlights the Prophet ﷺ is not hadir, nadir, that he has knowledge of all of the unseen, that is incorrect. But there are certain details that Allah gave him. Details about the grave, details about the afterlife, details of what's going to happen on the day of judgment. These are all bits that were given to the Prophet ﷺ. As for generally otherwise, the unseen, that is for Allah. In the Quran again, Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ السَّاعَةِ that's an example. That indeed Allah has the knowledge of the hour. When Jibreel said to the Prophet ﷺ, Tell me about the hour. When is the day of judgment going to be? The Prophet ﷺ replied, That the one being asked, is no more knowledgeable than the one asking. Meaning, I, Muhammad ﷺ, don't know, and you, Jibreel ﷺ, don't know. That is a knowledge of the unseen with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All we do know is that it will be on a Friday. 
وينزل الأنعم. So this ayah, إن الله عنده علم الساعة. That indeed to Allah is the knowledge of the hour. This ayah then goes on and mentions several other points of the knowledge of the unseen. Mentions several other points. One of them, the rainfall and when it will come. What is within the wombs of the mothers? What is the appointed time of death for a person and where? And what a person will earn tomorrow? What the decree for you will be tomorrow? Uh, and all of these are points that are mentioned in the ayah that are from the knowledge of the unseen. We do not know where you will die, which land, which place, what is in the wombs of the mothers. All of these are details and affairs of the knowledge we don't know. When it comes to this example of the wombs of the mothers, people say, but we do know that. We do know that now. You can do the scans and they can see everything. But that is not what is meant here. That Allah has knowledge of what is in the wombs. Yes, we can do the scans now and you can see boy, girl, everything, movement. But that isn't the point. Knowledge of what is in the wombs, of what the result of this child will be, how long this child will live, where this child will die, when he will die, will he be from the righteous, from the non-righteous, paradise, hell, all those details, can they tell you that? None of that. That is the knowledge of the unseen regarding this child in the womb. As for just seeing it, yes, you can do the scan and just see. But it's the details and that's what's meant by the knowledge of the unseen regarding what is in the wombs. Then, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say, وَنُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّوْحِ وَالْقَلَمِ وَبِجَمِيعِ مَا فِيهِ قَدْ he now talks about the preserved tablet. That we believe in the preserved tablet and the pen. The pen that Allah created and it wrote down all of the decree. We believe in the preserved tablet and we believe in the pen. And that everything has been registered within it. In the Quran it mentions this. بَلْ هُوَ قُرْآنٌ مَجِيدٌ فِي that is it, the preserved tablet in that preserved tablet. So that is an example in the Quran clearly highlighting the aqidah regarding the preserved tablet and the existence of the preserved tablet. As for the pen, and that is also mentioned within the revelation regarding the pen. And there is a hadith, the hadith of Ubadah ibn Samit in Sunan Abi Dawood, where he says, Radiallahu anhu, Sami'atu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama yaqul, Awwalama khalaqallahu al-qalama, فَقَالَ لَهُ أُكْتُبْ قَالَ يَا رَبِّ وَمَا أَكْتُبْ قَالْ أُكْتُبْ مَقَادِيرَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى تَقُومَ السَّاعَةِ That when Allah created the pen. So the hadith highlights very clearly the creation of the pen. 
When Allah created the pen initially, Allah said to it, write. The pen said, my Lord, and what shall I write? So then Allah says, write the decree of everything until the establishment of the hour. Write down the decree of everything up until the establishment of the hour. Then here there's a famous topic the scholars always mention. And that famous topic is, was the pen the first thing that Allah created? From everything was the pen the first thing that Allah created. Because in this narration it does seem to possibly indicate that. In one interpretation of that it can be translated as the first thing that Allah created was the pen. In another variation it could mean when Allah created the pen firstly and initially. Meaning a relative statement. So there is a difference between the scholars as to whether the pen was the first thing created. And the difference is between the pen and what other thing? The throne of Allah. That's the difference. Was it the pen or the throne of Allah that Allah created first? The first thing that Allah created was it the pen or was it the throne of Allah? So some of the scholars they say the throne of Allah came before the pen and they may use certain evidences. One of those may be the hadith Qaddar Allahu maqadir al khalq qabla an yakhluq al samawati wal ard bi 50,000 sana wa arshuhu ala al ma' This hadith is a proof that the throne was created before the pen. How? Because it says Allah decreed the decree of all of the creation 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. And his throne was above the water. So at the time when Allah decreed all of the decree, which was 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth, at that time of that occurring, it says his throne was already present. His throne was already above the water. It was already present, indicating therefore that the pen, because we know the pen was created at the time of the decree being done. When the decree was done, that's when the pen was created. The decree was done 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. But at the time when that decree was done, 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth, the throne of Allah was already above the water, as the narration says, indicating that the throne was already there, then the pen was created and the decree was done. So that is a possible evidence that the throne of Allah was created first. وَلَا يَخْلُ قَوْلُهُ أَوَّلُ مَا خَلَقَ اللَّهُ الْقَلَمِ إِمَّا أَنْ يَكُونَ جُمْلَ أَجُمْلَتَيْنِ فَإِنْ كَانَ جُمْلَ وَهُ صَحِيحِ كَانَ مَعَنَهُ أَنَّهُ عِنْدَ أَوَّلِ خَلْقِهِ قَالَ لَوْكْتُبْ 
So as for the narration where it says that the first thing Allah created was the pen, that depends on how you understand this narration. It could be translated like that, the first thing Allah created was the pen, or it can be understood if you look at the grammar, when Allah initially created the pen at first, He said to it, when Allah initially created the pen at first, He said to it. Meaning, it now becomes a relative statement. Upon the creation of the pen, the first thing that it was told was to write the decree. Not that it was the first thing created. It means when it was created, the first thing that occurred for the pen when it was created was that it was told to write the decree. So it's a relative thing there. Not that it was the absolute first creation. So you have this difference anywhere between the scholars. Uh, some of them will say, no, it was the pen based upon this narration and others. And others will say, no, it was the throne of Allah that was the first creation. Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, فَلَوْ اجْتَمَعَ الْخَلْقُ كُلُّهُمْ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ فِيهِ أَنَّهُ كَائِنْ لِيَجْعَلُهُ غَيْرَ كَائِنْ لَمْ يَقَدِرُوا عَلَيْهِ If all of the people, everyone, got together, everyone in creation, everyone, got together to try and prevent something occurring that Allah had decreed to occur, then they would not be able to do so. If all of the creation, every single one got together to try and stop something occurring that Allah had already decreed was going to occur, they would not be able to prevent it. And the opposite too. وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا كُلُّهُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ لَمْ يَكْتُبُهُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فِيهِ لِيَجْعَلُهُ كَائِنًا لَمْ يَقْدِرُوا عَلَيْهِ If everyone got together, everyone, every single one, got together to try and make something happen that Allah hadn't decreed to happen, then they would not be able to make it happen. And that is the basis of the decree, جَفَّ الْقَلَمُ بِمَا هُوَ كَائِنٌ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Imam Al-Tahawi says, the pen has gone dry upon what is going to happen up until the day of judgment. Meaning, you can't try to change, or you can't try to add or subtract from the decree now. Something hasn't been decreed, you can't try to write it into the decree now. Something has been decreed, you can't try to rub it out now. The pen has dried up. The pen has dried up. It will not rub, uh, cross out anything now. It will not add on anything now. The pen has dried up. The decree is the decree. So that's what Imam Al-Tahawi says here. And it's based upon the narrations of the Sunnah. In one hadith it says, جَاءَ سُرَاقَةِ بْنُ مَالِكِ بْنَ جَعْشَمْ فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ بَيِّنْ لَنَا دِينَنَا كَأَنَّا خُلِقْنَا الْآنِ فِيمَا الْعَمَلِ الْيَوْمِ أَفِيمَا جَفَّتْ بِهِ الْأَقْلَامِ وَجَرَتْ بِهِ الْمَقَادِيرِ أَمْ فِيمَا اسْتَقْبَلْ قَالَ لَا بَلْ فِيمَا جَفَّتْ بِهِ الْأَقْلَامِ وَجَرَتْ بِهِ الْمَقَادِيرِ 
Suraqah came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, O Messenger of Allah, clarify to us our religion as though we've just been created today. Clarify to us our religion. Are we doing our actions, the actions we are doing now, these deeds we're doing, everything we're doing, is it upon that which the pen has already dried upon? Is it upon that which the pen has already dried upon? Or is it something that we face in the future more? The Prophet said, no. It is upon that which the pen has dried upon. It is that decree. Your decree is written. And we've said this many times now. The decree is written, the pen has dried up. You though as you go along are making your Making your what? Your decisions and your choices. The choices and decisions you are making as you go along, they are already known to Allah. And therefore it's already there. It's all in the decree because Allah knows what choices you're going to make. You though don't. So you are in a position now to make those choices to obey or to disobey. So obviously you should make the choices always upon obedience and striving for paradise. So, that is a hadith that highlights about the pens being dried up now. Then there is the narration of Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhumah, where he says on one occasion he was sat behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said to him, to Ibn Abbas, who was young at the time. He said, Ya Ghulam. And that can mean like, Oh young boy. The Prophet said to him, Shall I not teach you some words? And they were, God over the rights of Allah, and Allah will God over you. Preserve the rights of Allah and Allah will preserve you. Preserve and guard over the rights of Allah in fulfilling the commandments, staying away from the haram. And you will find Allah in front of you. Meaning that you will find Allah in your aid and assistance. Preserve the rulings of Allah and you'll find Allah in your aid and assistance. And then, إِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ If you ever ask, then ask of Allah. Ask from Allah. وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِمْ And if you ever seek aid and assistance, seek it from Allah. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوْ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَذُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَذُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلِيكَ and know, this is the messenger as I'm saying this, know that if all of the ummah, everyone got together to harm you with something that had not been written upon you, they would not be able to harm you with that. They all come together to harm you, they would not be able to harm you. Unless it was something, unless it was something in the Decree, otherwise all of them come together, they cannot do anything. And 
ولو اجتمعوا على أن يضروك بشيء لم يضروك إلا بشيء قد كتب نعم لو اجتمعت على أن ينفعوك بشيء لم ينفعوك إلا بشيء قد كتبه الله لك If all of them got together to benefit you with something to do something good for you that Allah hadn't decreed for you then they would not be able to do it Even if all of them came together to try and do that good for you they would not be able to if it was not written for you And then at the end of the narration it says The pens have been raised and the papers have become dry Meaning that decree has been written now They cannot do something which is not in the decree They cannot harm you with something if it's not in the decree They cannot benefit you with something if it's not in the decree The pens have dried and the paper, the pens have dried and the papers have uh, dried. The pens have been raised and the papers have dried. In another narration of that same, إِحْفَضِ اللَّهَ تَجِدْهُ تُجَاهَكَ Guard over and preserve the rights of Allah. You will find Allah in your aid and assistance in front of you. تَعَرَّفْ إِلَى اللَّهِ فِي الرَّخَاءِ يَعْرِفْكَ فِي الشِّدَّةِ Know Allah in times of ease and Allah will be with you in times of difficulty. In times of ease, don't become negligent. Be upon the worship of Allah and remembrance of Allah in times of ease and relaxation. When times of difficulty then come, Allah will be with you in your aid and assistance. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّمَا أَخْطَأَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَكَ And know that whatever doesn't happen for you, then it was never going to happen for you. If something just doesn't happen, it doesn't work out, you don't get what you were hoping for, it didn't work out and you didn't get it, then know that's the decree. It wasn't written for you. وَمَا أَصَابَكَ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْطِئَكَ And whatever does happen to you, It's happened to you now, maybe something you didn't want, whatever it might be, whatever has happened to you now, it was never going to miss you. It was written for you, it was going to happen to you. So whatever didn't happen, it was never going to happen then. And whatever did happen, it was always going to happen. That's the decree written now. So do not think, but why this and I missed out on that and whatever has happened, what you got then that's what you got. That's what was decreed. Whatever you didn't get and you missed, then that's how it was decreed. You weren't going to get it. So that is mentioned in this narration. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ النَّصْرَ مَعَ الصَّبَرِ وَأَنَّ الْفَرْجَ مَعَ الْكَرْبِ وَأَنَّ مَعَ الْأُسْرِ يُسْرَى And then the Prophet ﷺ said, No, that victory comes with patience. Victory comes with patience. Success comes with patience and the ease comes with difficulty. You may be in some difficulty and then the ease comes from it. And that is as Allah mentioned, Indeed with the difficulty comes the ease. With the difficulty comes the ease. One other point to mention here, 
which is that in the narrations it mentions the pens have been lifted and the papers dried. The pens have been lifted. So are there multiple pens that write the decree? Or is it just the one pen that Allah created? Anyone? In here he mentions uh, in the country uh, more than one. So, it is mentioned pens in the plural. And that has been explained by the scholars that the sunnah indicates there are four types of pens. There are four types of pens. The first is a general pen for all of the writing. The second is khabaru khalqi adam, which is regarding the creation of adam. And what happened there. Uh, and that is a type of pen they mention for the writing of what happened with the creation of Adam. And that is a general type of pen, but it is for the children of Adam also. Uh, and this indicates all of the decrees and what is written in their provisions for the children of Adam also. The third pen is regarding when an angel is sent to the womb of the unborn child and writes down the decree of that child that is a pen and the fourth one the fourth type of pen is the pen that is placed upon you at the age of puberty because in the narration it says the pen is raised from a child until he reaches the age of puberty then the pen is placed upon him and starts writing. Then that person is responsible for his deeds and his actions. So these are different types of pens that are mentioned. Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says, وَمَا أَخْطَأَ الْعَبْدِ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَ وَمَا أَصَابَهُ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْطِئَ And that is exactly what we mentioned in that narration just gone by. That whatever does not happen for a servant or happens bad for a servant, then it was never going to happen in another way. Anything you miss out on, then you were never going to get it. And anything that does happen to you, ends up occurring to you, then it was never going to miss you. Whatever happens now in the decree, it happens. And so a person needs to be content with the decree of Allah, needs to understand that this is all from the decree of Allah, and needs to understand that a person has to be patient. Patient upon the decree of Allah, whether it is something in your favor or something which you dislike. And that is a chapter in Kitab al-Tawheed, As-Sabru ala aqdarillahi al-Mu'lima. To be patient upon the decree of Allah that may be difficult. The decree of Allah at times that may be painful for a person. Certain incidents, certain situations, whatever it may be. But that you be patient during those times. Any questions up to there so far on the issue of the decree? No, du'a, changes the decree. du'a, does it change the decree because the narration talks about that? Does du'a change the decree? The decree is written. So what does it mean that if you make du'a, it changes the decree? Nothing is going to change the decree except the du'a. What does it mean? 
exactly like we've been talking about before. You make the choices of good or bad. If you make the choice to constantly make dua to Allah, then that's gonna bring about those good results for you. Your dua being answered, inshaAllah. And so bringing about goodness for you and a path of goodness for you. But the fact that you make dua, was it known to Allah you were gonna make dua or not? Of course, so it's written. It's written that you were gonna make dua and what was gonna be the consequences of the dua, that's written. But for you at the time of doing it, if you don't make the dua, then you're going down a particular path. You make the dua, you're going down a particular path. Allah knows already which path you're going to go on. But the meaning of that hadith then is an encouragement. Make dua. And that will change the decree, meaning, not that it will change the decree in terms of actually changing the writing, etc. But it will put you upon the path of goodness. That Allah already knows you're going to be upon that path of goodness. But these are the means you have to take. So you make dua if you want goodness for yourself. You make dua regularly and you return back to Allah regularly, seeking forgiveness, seeking the mercy of Allah. And that is all something which puts you upon goodness in your path. Anything else? In that case, we're going to conclude upon that point for this week then. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on next week straight after Maghrib again. Straight after Maghrib next week again, so that'll be a, a bit earlier next week, maybe quarter past seven or something. Seven, quarter past seven, as soon as Maghrib finishes, we'll come and we'll start next week, inshallah ta'ala. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.